You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. This is Chris from the Couch Potatoes. I'm sitting here with my friend Christy Phillips. Hello. Uh, we will be reviewing a, uh, a very special series that was on Netflix uh, back in September of last year. Uh, if you haven't seen it, called Midnight Mass. Uh, it's a horror series of seven episodes, which takes a, quite a turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, of all the other shows. Um, so. You uh, you fin- you just re- uh, Chris you recently finished the series right? Yes, I did. And what did you uh, overall? What did you think of it? I thought they did a great job, but of course you you can't expect anything but greatness from the same person who brought you uh, Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor, which I also loved. Yeah, and many of the same cast members too. So yeah, um, yeah. So going back to like haunted of hill house the they did bring back a lot of the same characters um especially let's just go back to the cast real quick um um kate siegel Mm -hmm. uh she i believe she played the mom was she the mom no she was one of the sisters she's one of the sisters yeah that's the problem i had with the show uh, because they brought uh uh another really good actor henry thomas Mm -hmm. uh henry thomas is the little boy from et oh so (laughs) Uh, he's been in, he's been in the acting game for quite a while, uh, and I do like that's kind of kind of the mainstay with Netflix. They kind of keep some of the same people, so you kind of still have that same chemistry mm-hmm. with a lot of the same actors. A lot of this is done in Showtime and HBO, mm-hmm. uh, especially the uh, Game of Thrones crew. <laughs> they always come together to do some fucking stupid fucking movie while while on hiatus. Yeah, I'll uh, go to that. Have you watched any of the new uh, Game of Thrones? I have not. I am. I am a horrible person. No. That's all about incest and people with white hair. <laughs> so basically, the first season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, technically the last. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Let's not talk about the last season. Our Lord's uh, the Rings of Power is either really really good or really really bad. It's the same thing I've heard. I have not ventured into that either. Ah, the fans are killing it. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's go into the first episode. Uh, episode one, book one, Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we find uh, our main. Our main protagonist for a while, uh, uh, Riley Flynn, uh, who basically is involved in a drunk driving incident that he caused, killing mm-hmm. a, killing a young woman. Uh, we then go into a court scene, and this, this is very fast, I will say. Yeah. Um, and he ends up having these PTSD dream moments of seeing her dead on the ground, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's living with that guilt, but also his family has taken a financial burden hit mm-hmm. from it because of a um a civil lawsuit mm-hmm. that followed uh because it is we don't really find out till later on but riley was fairly well off mm-hmm. um he had made some money in like the tech industry mm-hmm. and lost everything because of this one incident yeah which rightfully so mm-hmm. he decided to drink and drive <laughs> uh but he goes back home to um uh, the little island uh that they all live on 
Uh, I got a real Salem's Lot kind of feel oh, yes. from this Absolutely. very quickly, especially with the whole Catholic scene. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, kind of like it was a very, very big Stephen King vibe. Yes, coming into it, like Salem's Lot, Needful Things, especially. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a small town of small people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're introduced to a good portion of the cast uh, right on. Um, we see that Riley comes back home. Um, we see his mom, Anne, who's like just the sweetest person. She is. And uh, she's so excited to have him come back. And this, ha- this actually goes back to my, my the most hated thing I hate is uh, fairies. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you would not catch my happy ass on a ferry. You build a bridge or you don't live there. <laughs> eh. You know what happened on fairies? Jaws. You know what happened <laughs> on fairies? Storm of the century. <laughs> you know what happened on fairies? This. Like, <laughs> I like fairies. <laughs> no. Nah, fuck them islands. Because then you don't have to drive all that way on a bridge. First of all, maximum overdrive. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, so uh, played by uh, Christine Lehman. Um, and we're also introduced to, we kind of get like that weird like relationship vibe, that former relationship vibe very quickly mm-hmm. with uh, Katie Seagal's character, uh, Aaron, mm-hmm. um, who is also on the island single. You know, uh, she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Which comes back later on, yeah. Uh, but I do feel bad for the man. I will say this: like mm-hmm. he he is he has the, that that weird like sad dog face <laughs> because he always plays a sad man. Yeah, he does in a lot of stuff. Uh, Zach Guilford, uh, who plays Riley, plays the saddest man alive. Um, but we're we're introduced very quickly on how small the island is. Mm-hmm. It is a handful of families. We get the exposition of oh, you know, the Murphys over there. They they decided they couldn't really do anything, so they just abandoned it. You know, they mm-hmm. couldn't sell it. Uh, there was a pollution incident that kind of tainted the island mm-hmm. for like fishing, which is what uh, Old Boy's dad does. Yes. Uh, Henry Thomas's character and his little brother helps too. Yes, uh, but we're also introduced to a couple other characters: uh, the doctor on the island, uh, Sarah Gunning. Uh, playing by Adam O'Gish. She was uh, she was big in HBO for a long time. Mm-hmm. She did a lot of stuff in there. Uh, but we're also, you know, his younger brother, Warren. Uh, and this is what kind of gave me, like, this is a Stephen King story. Oh, yes. In seven parts. It is. It really <laughs> we is. We got the poor guy coming back to his hometown. We got the, the small island vibe of, like, Storm of the Century, mm-hmm. uh, who's, like, slowly recovering we got a sheriff new to the town who's mm-hmm. not quite being fit in with. Uh, I do, I do like the subtlety joke of the drunk, the Gomer Pyle character. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, sheriff." Yeah, he's just called him Omar Sharif, but he's just like sheriff. But it's like, it's not in a hateful way. He's doing it as a joke. You could tell he's not like a racist prick. Yeah, but he's just doing it just to get a goad out of him. Mm-hmm. And. He's really cool about it because keep in mind the sheriff's office is in the back of a grocery store, yeah. <laughs> and that's another part of this. So we're getting like a needful things vibe mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, with the sheriff. We're getting the three boys, uh, Sharif's uh, the sheriff's son, uh, Warren, oh, the main character's younger brother, and another character uh, doing basically the stand by me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of let's go find a dead body on the woods, or let's go out and drink. You know, yeah. You know. It, you, you just kind of this microcosm of just terrible things mm-hmm. that can go any which way, which I was, I would, I would have never guessed what the bad thing was in this show based on the first episode. Yeah, me either. I was, I was waiting on something to do with the Island itself. I was waiting on 
because in the first episode when the kids talk about they're going to go up to the other little tiny place where they're going to drink. The Shoals. I figured that was where, where whatever it was oh, was yeah. going to be. Yeah, I thought they were going to awaken some like old god. Yeah, they like oh shit, call the like Cthulhu type shit. Yeah, absolutely. Fish people like I, I yeah. could I mermaids. Could, you never know. Oh yeah, like oh, no, no, don't do the mermaids. No one likes the mermaids. <laughs> it's disgusting. They shoot blood out of their backs. Uh, but like it, it is kind of like a cabin of the woods type situation. Kind of like pick your own adventure. Yeah, and it's just like oh my god, what a pull. Oh yeah, uh, going into it and uh, spoiler alert: if you are listening to this, we will be talking about the, you know the full full series, but. We do see the entrance of the pastor, hmm. Father Hill. Father Paul Hill. Father Paul. This guy plays such a prick in everything. <laughs> this guy was, uh, uh, he was in the, uh, the a show, uh, Aaron Sorkin's show called Newsroom, and he played a fucking piece of shit in that. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, he's one of the Linklaters, so he is a piece of shit. <laughs> like, he, those people play really good bad guys in, mm-hmm. in movies and television. Uh but I kind of, I, I was really liking this character, you know. He, yeah. He's young, you know. It's just like his backstory is still ominous, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he's like the preacher from Silver Bullet. You yes. Know, he's he's new. Mm-hmm. Why is he new? Because well, the original pastor, our father, uh, had left for a, a pilgrimage that the town had came together, and uh, these are all, it is a town of lapsed Catholics. Yes. Which I fucking love. <laughs> All these people are just are just nothing <laughs> uh, going into it, but uh, there is a a Catholic busybody. Oh yes, and it's not a Stephen King. St- I'm, Stephen King didn't write this, but it is a Stephen King story. She she reminds me of Carrie's mom. Really? Yes. I got more of the preacher lady from The Mist kind of vibe. Mm. <laughs> Kill them all for God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Miss Bev Keen. Mm. Don't trust people named Beverly. This is probably the abandoned mom from It. Probably. <laughs> this is Bev's mom. <laughs> I, I'd buy that. I really would. But uh, I was hoping maybe it's a Carrie White type situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe she's got some bastard daughter who's hunting her down. You know? Yeah. It kind of it kind of gives that vibe, and it really great. It makes a great antagonist yeah. when it's like a religious Karen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Because. It makes it, you want to make a character when you're ever writing a story like this. You want to make a character that people wish to die. Uh, yeah, I had her in the first episode. I'm like, oh, for the love of everything, please take her out. Yeah, and uh, we're also kind of seen with the uh, doctor's character mm-hmm. that she is single, she is by herself, but she's taking care of her mother, mm-hmm. um, and she's the only doctor on the island. Yes. Um, and I kind of got worried for her character very quickly. I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. She's going to get killed by this fucking religious bitch. Like, <laughs> and boy, was I close. <laughs> you, you were very close. <laughs> but uh, Cassandra religion do not mix. No. Especially uh, lapsed Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when uh, said doctor is not of the straight persuasion. Yes. Uh, but bravo for Netflix for killing another one. Because <laughs> that's all they do. Dear uh, God. There, uh, me and you had this discussion. I was just like, uh, you know, every gay character in Netflix just dies, <laughs> or in Supernatural. Yep, can't have. Can't. Well, no, Velma lived in the cartoon. They, they, she lived. That was because it was Velma. Yeah, they didn't have the rights to kill off Velma. They would have if they had them, though. Yeah, but if Netflix got a hold of it, yeah, Velma would be dead in the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Riley, he's kind of his character is kind of standoffish a little bit with his parents, mainly his dad. Yeah. Uh, his dad blames him for all the bad things that's happened. Not mm-hmm. like, you know, the pollution that came to town, but, uh, he decides to go to church with them 
reluctantly because it's Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, the next, uh, like the next Catholic holiday is right next to coming up. Um, and there are like subtle foreshadowing moments mm-hmm. going into it uh, because in the first episode, the boys, they go up to like the, the North Shoals or whatever. And there's something in the woods. Mm-hmm. Something with uh, red, orange eyes, mm-hmm. a black figure, and you're just like, "Is that our big bad?" Like, yeah. And like, even then, it didn't feel like that was going to be the big bad. You know, did you get that kind of vibe? I actually figured there was a bunch of them instead yeah. of just one. Yeah, but uh, we see like a bunch of dead cats mm-hmm. on the shoals uh, the next day. But uh, we're kind of introduced to Father Hill again mm-hmm. with uh, Warren uh, Riley's younger brother and his friend, who are. Uh, Altar boys mm-hmm. for the church. Well, they show up early. They're responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a kind of a weird like thing you see, but I would imagine in a small town, you need something to do. So yeah, I guess busy altar boys. I guess yeah. But they're they're setting up the uh, um the holy water, the sacrament, and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, the sacrament's gone. And they're kind of looking at each other, and this is. This is when I started getting kind of a feel of what's going on. But pa- Father Hill just shows up out of nowhere. Oh, hey, guys. No, nah, I took care of that. And I'm just like, that's their job? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like coming to your work and you're watching your boss do your work. And you're just <laughs> like, am I being fired or murdered? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is there a hole out back? Yeah, Somebody yeah. tell me. Has he been digging holes all night? <laughs> uh, putting cats in them? <laughs> but no, so we get a, we get a round of a kind of a, a laissez-faire uh preaching <laughs> from yeah. this guy who's talking about he's looking upon the congregation of let's say nine people at most <laughs> at most in a, in a place with like 20 some fucking pews yeah uh and one girl is in a wheelchair mm-hmm. um and you could tell warren really likes this girl because he's like yeah fuck my friends i would talk to her all day yeah but she's being kind of held over by her parents uh, we do find out that um, she was accidentally shot in the back um, by uh, a local, the local drunk, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, which I kind of attributed to why he was a drunk. Yeah. Like the, I, I him could, being a drunk is a consequence of shooting a child in the back. Yeah. By accident. I, I could see that for sure. Um, but uh, Playboy uh, Joe. Uh, Hobo Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Hobo Joe. Uh, and we are seeing, you know, some other side characters, um, like the boatman Sturge, the guy mm-hmm. who kind of operates the boats coming in and out of the island. Um, and this is where I kind of got the small town feel again with the whole small congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where he hands out the sacrament, mm-hmm. and everyone takes it except for Riley. Yeah. He doesn't, but the little girl does. Mm-hmm. Her name's Lisa. Lisa. Lisa had a great arc in this story. Yes. Um, a lot of redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, not just for, not because she's a victim, but more of her relationship with the guy who shot her. Mm-hmm. Because I saw very quickly, this man does have remorse. It was no malice or intent. Yeah. But as a victim she sees it as so like she's mm-hmm. been stricken with this by him mm-hmm. because of his responsibility um but we also kind of get a kind of one-off 
kind of situation with uh, Beverly and the pregnant woman, mm-hmm. uh, Katie Siegel's character. And I was just like, I could not for the life of me not wonder why she didn't bludgeon her to death in that closet. Absolutely. I would <laughs> like, have. Like, God couldn't see you. He can't see through the wo- roof. Like, <laughs> you're not in the church. He can't see you. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I think that's how that works for Catholics. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're under, like, a tin roof, you can't see it. Or is like, cell phone signal. I can't remember. But, <laughs> um, mm. but she's grabbing poison. Yeah, rat uh, ta- poison. Talking about rats in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all because the dog barked at her. Because mm-hmm. the dog knows good and evil. Yeah, yet again, needful things. Needful things. Um, and I just kept getting that vibe from the sheriff, your Ed Harris character. Just like, yeah. he's just trying to... Trying stick, to keep all these crazy people from killing each other. Yeah, just trying to be trying to be the sheriff. Yeah. And we get a really good, like, we really get good backstories on all of them mm-hmm. throughout. Uh, and going to the backstory of the sheriff, I kind of liked that uh, he was a cop during 9-11. Yeah. Uh, and some shit was going down in a more negative area, and mm-hmm. he moved away. He yeah. realized it was too much for him and him and his son, because his wife had died. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of mysterious how she died. Uh, we believe it's cancer. It is cancer. Yeah, so... We're not real sure how they dealt with it, mm-hmm. other than it's probably some horrific manner. Yeah. Um, and his son, his son's likable. His son's he's just trying to trying to fit in. He he just strikes me as a, a regular kid. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just, trying to make friends. He's trying to figure out who he is. He's trying to figure out who Island. he is. Cracker Island. Yeah. He's trying to deal with moving away from a city like New York to a town where there's like ten families and everybody knows everybody's business. Yeah. And yeah, roughly, yeah. There's there's only a handful of families. We do we do see more of them as as it comes along, mm-hmm. more people. But there's not actually a lot of people on the island. Yeah. Um, and the ones we don't see are actually not Catholic. Yeah. Which is uh, a real header at the end. <laughs> but um, yeah, going into the next episode, um, Riley sees something during a great a big storm. Mm-hmm. Early on, he's helping his dad kind of batten down the hatches a little bit with the boat and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a big storm's coming. And the mom is, uh, there's there's a festival about to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Croc Potluck. <laughs> <laughs> it's Croc I- Crockett Island? Crockett Island, Croc Potluck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just this funny thing. And, like, you see Father Hill is very personable. Yes. He looks for the person who's not part of the group, mm-hmm. and he kind of goes over. He doesn't target them, but he puts out the hand. Yeah, you know, like, hey, how you doing? You know, are you doing well? Like, he speaks to the the homeless man. Mm-hmm. He speaks to, like he makes it his priority to go out and talk to these people. Yeah, to evangelize. Basically, that's mm-hmm. basically what it's called. Um, and I see that as a good thing. Like in 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 all sense of purposes, that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's offering to help, especially Riley's character, who has to get on the ferry and leave the island to go to AA mm-hmm. because that's part of his court-mandated thing. Yeah. And Paul says, well, why don't, you come, why don't we do it here? He's like, well, I'm just the only one. He's like, yeah, but, you know, it'll save you and your family money, which I know is probably a priority. But also, I think it'd be better if it's a one-on-one type situation. And there's at least one more person in town that maybe we could get to come to. Yeah, yeah, you know, we could you know do things for the better as a town. You know, you start with one brick, not a ton. Yeah. The uh, uh, the mentality of, you know, building. Yeah. Um, and, like, he's, just, he's like, legitimately a good guy mm-hmm. for about 
all eight episodes. Yeah, they set him up really well. In yeah, writing. he's too likable. Yeah, he's 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 one of those things where I'm like, by the first two episodes, I was, what are you gonna do? You're gonna do something. What are you gonna do? And then by like three and four, I'm like, well, maybe maybe he's not such a bad guy. Maybe mm. he's actually here to do good things, you know. And then then when you get the drop, boy, you get the drop. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, during the storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's happening. Uh, Riley does see a figure, what looks like the old father. Um, I can't remember his name, but uh, they call him Monsignor most of the yeah, time. Yeah, Monsignor. He sees Monsignor on the beach, and he's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> no, that can't be him." And but they do show him. They show him like in his little hat. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, his little coat. Yeah. And the next scene is the morning of the next day, where we find all these dead cats. Now, by all these, we're talking hundreds. <laughs> yes, hundreds of dead cats on the beaches. Uh, and I do like there's this weird argument. It's not not an argument like we think of, but uh, it's the mayor, which is, uh, I think, Liza's dad. Yes. Uh, Father Hill, Riley, and the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff says, hey, we might want to put these things in bags. We don't know if they're sick. Yeah. And I like how the mayor's like, well, I don't want to cause a panic, blah, blah, blah. And Riley's like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we should bag these fucking things up. And he's saying, hey, I saw Monsignor outside and Father Hill just shuts the fuck up. Yeah. But it's, it's the, it's the part where the sheriff, who is a known Muslim, you know, of the town, which is probably, he's probably 1% of 1%. Absolutely. Uh, he says to Monsignor, he's like, I think we should put, you know, treat this as a contamination. Mm-hmm. And without hesitation, Father Hill's like, of course. Yeah. He agrees not only on the legal aspect, but also a Muslim, which is something you would not see in a Stephen King story. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. We saw Baptists and Catholics go at it. Absolutely, we did. So we would not see this. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, no, 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 he's not real. <laughs> Oh my god. He's a fictional character. A <laughs> fictional character. <laughs> so uh uh I, I kinda got that vibe really quickly of like he knows what's up. Mm-hmm. And I was just under the impression that it was like a uh a weekend at Bernie's type situation. Like he's alive but he he got loose and all these cats died. Like <laughs> that's yeah. what I thought. Like there's something wrong with a Monsignor mm-hmm. and this guy's hiding it for me. Yeah. That's the vibe I got me very too. quickly. Like, me oh too. shit, Monsignor's killing cats and shit. Like he's like yeah. building up maybe he's gonna kill kids next. Mm-hmm. And we, but we do get like this weird uh Salem's lot type situation whenever the nighttime comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character judge, the the ferry driver or whatever, he's kind of bebopping down the street and you see something from a POV of like a bird. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you hear the, whoo, yeah, you hear the wings, whoo, whoo, and it just flies into this fucking house. And he's like, "What the fuck?" And I'm just like, "I would have been done." Yeah, nah, nah. I'm grabbing the crucifix. I'm grabbing the shotgun. I'm grabbing everything. Yeah, all the salt. I'm grabbing. <laughs> I, I would get boot and rally the town. There are Muslims in that house. <laughs> I just say, "Burn it, burn it down," because those motherfuckers would follow me for that. Uh, but he just disappears mm-hmm. quietly. And it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. And I like that because it still gives me the idea in my mind of, okay, it could be Monsignor. Maybe he grew wings. There's Maybe there's something supernatural about this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And because in my mind, I'm not thinking of what it actually is. Yeah. And 
Um, we see that Riley and Katie Seagal's character, uh, Katie Siegel's character, kind of get more involved. We start hearing her backstory of how she was in an abusive relationship. She found out she was pregnant and kind of escaped. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said this was the best thing that happened to her. And you're really striving for a goal for this woman. Yeah. And you kind of want these two to get together just because they were together at one time. Mm-hmm. They escaped their whole family situation. Yeah. And But somehow got brought back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that could be the platform for reasoning. This could be our uh, our couple yeah. for the for the series. But with all... With all couples, they must die. <laughs> Damn uh, it, Netflix. <laughs> but also, Father Hill goes to see the doctor. Mm-hmm. And there's this weird back and forth they have. Like, she's uncomfortable with this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But he's also, like, we'll get to it later, but, like, during the whole potluck thing, he's totally understanding of her situation. Yeah. And he's really cool with it. Yeah. Yeah, and as a Catholic, you know, I'm just like, no, nah, he's not cool with that shit. Like, he's lying to this bitch. He's going to tell her to go to hell or something. But no, he goes and does uh, the sacrament um, for the mom. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's senile as shit. Yeah. Yeah, she has dementia, uh, dementia mm-hmm. and Alzheimer's. Um, and she just lights up mm-hmm. when Father Hill shows up. And I'm like, okay, maybe there's like a religious thing going on. You know, maybe that's bringing her back. I had no idea what was coming next. Oh, me either. Oh, my God. Because oh. I hated when they did that because they cemented him further as he's a really good guy. And he technically is. Yeah. Uh, but, like, we're getting these really cool uh, cinematography shots of them of people drinking the sacrament, mm-hmm. which kind of kind of caught me off. As someone who just watches these kind of stuff all the time, mm-hmm. watches horror movies and stuff, when you kind of, like, zoom in on shit like that and make it a big deal, I'm just like, yep, he's fucking dosing these people with something yeah uh and that's when it kind of caught me like oh it's a cult Mm -hmm. like um and i like his little parsonage that he lives in the little Mm -hmm. house next to it yeah um and they're all planning for a bigger storm to come Mm -hmm. um and they wanted to move the uh the safety area from the school to the Rec Center. Yeah, the community center, rec center of the church. And the sheriff didn't feel comfortable with that because it's it's a change, not only because it's on the religious end, but because of safety concerns. Because he, he brings up a, a valid concern of when was the last time it was been worked on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of people in the community kind of see the community center as a bad thing because it was wasting money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they spent all this money to build this fucking community center. They never did anything with it. Um, because we only see the community center a, a little bit of time when they're doing AA. Mm-hmm. It's just two of them in a giant community center. Yeah. Uh, and it's the uh, homeless guy, mm-hmm. Joe, Riley, and Father Hill. Mm-hmm. And they're having this, like, if you ever see AA done in a movie, it's always the same as folding chairs, coffee, mm-hmm. and some priest. Mm-hmm. Or some counselor. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, man, there's like eight, ten motherfuckers in there. It's just these three guys. Yeah. And two of them are terrible people. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it it sent me back to uh, Fight Club, where all the uh, counselor meeting things that uh, Edward Norton went to. <laughs> Why are you at the, the the testicle cancer support group? She's like, I have a right to be there. I don't even have balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. that, that, that whole fucking dynamic. 
of just two terrible people. That could have yeah. been a movie by itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just two terrible people fighting it out and who gets to collect misery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was one of the things I liked about when they talked about the community center because that's one of the things I love Stephen King for. When you're supposed to hate something mm-hmm. in a story or, you, or other people hate it in a story and you can't figure out why they have to give you the backstory, and the backstory on the rec center is amazing. So when the pollution happened... The government sent money to the Islanders. And instead of saving the money and, you know, working on their fishing businesses and fixing their houses up and things like that, Bev Keen convinced them all to pool their money and build the rec center. And they never did anything with it. It's just this great, big, beautiful building in the middle of town, and it's empty, except for a whole bunch of folding chairs. And everybody in town hates it and won't go in it because they see it as built on stolen blood money, which I thought was amazing. Because I'm like, why do do we hate a building? And then you hear the story behind it, you're like, ah, that's why we hate a building. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) And coming up on the tail end of the second episode uh, named Psalms, Mm -hmm. um, the potluck scene (laughs) uh, struck me as the calm before the storm yes. kind of situation. We see uh, the doctor with her girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she's planning to move away once if something when her mother dies, mm-hmm. which she sees as inevitable. Yes. Uh, she's been living with Alzheimer's for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dog is murdered. I'm just going to glaze over this real quick. But, uh, Bev Keen did it. Yes. She did it. She deserves to die in hell. I agree. Um because not all, and this is one of those things where I I almost turned it off because mm-hmm. not only does the dog die but the dog dies slow yeah. and I, I know it's not a real dog but the dog makes real yeah. dog noises and yeah. I'm like oh my god I hate Bev Keen I hope she gets run over by a combine <laughs> <laughs> slowly uh, um yeah and with the potluck we do get an interaction again with uh, Father Hill and Riley yes. We get an interaction with Sheriff and uh, Joe, mm-hmm. and he's selling this fucking bitch did it. She did it, and she's just sitting there smiling like a cunt. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I were Sheriff, I would have turned him loose. I really would. Do it. Do it, Joe. You get one freebie. Yeah. On me. You get one pass. <laughs> on Sharif. You get one pass for Sharif. Go ahead. Tear her to fucking pieces. Mm-hmm. Because it's a proxy of the Sheriff not doing it when he yeah. should have. Um, and... Father Hill's kind of making the scene, making the passes. And before all this happens, the night of the storm, Riley comes back home later at night because he's been out with the old girl. Mm-hmm. We see the mom doing the banner. She's sewing the banner. Yeah. And it kind of foreshadows. She stabs her finger. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what the fuck? And she takes off her glasses and realizes she can see better. Without the glasses. Yes. Uh, and with Psalms, uh, it ends with a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa. This is where he takes a turn on tone. He doesn't take a turn. He does. He <laughs> he he turns completely around. <laughs> yes. So this this man, uh, the Father Hill, looks upon his small congregation. Yeah. And you can tell he's seething mm-hmm. a little bit that the congregation remains small. And he looks and he speak. What he's uh, the story he's speaking of is the story of miracles, mm-hmm. um, uh, where Jesus commit. Uh, starts doing the miracles on the lame and the uh, the blind and stuff like that. 
And he looks down at Liza and he says, stand the fuck up. Because he's got the sacrament in his hand. And she's like in a chair and she's going to get it. And he's just like, nope. And he pulls his hand away. And at first I'm like, this fucking asshole. Yeah. And that's this what is everybody... the meanest prank. And everybody kind of looks upon him like that. They're like, this fucking asshole is like, yeah. Just like leaning. He's like, and then he takes a full step back. Mm-hmm. And he says, stand up. And you're like, this mother, no, this piece of shit. And then she stands the fuck up. And walks to him. And that was fascinating to yes. me. Yes. I'm just like, this is how horror movies start. It's yes. like, let's bring in a miracle. Oh, wait, it's not angels. It's Satan. It's yep. always Satan. And <laughs> it's bad. Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in a movie like this. Yes. <laughs> Where yes. he helped a fucking mute girl. <laughs> and like, oh, yep, it was the devil. <laughs> But, uh, no, she just stands up. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, Warren is there mm-hmm. with his family, and Riley's there. And I do like how Father Hill kind of gives Riley a pass. He's like, I'm not asking you to come to church. But it's there for you. Mm-hmm. So just, just a heads up. But this right here is this like, no, you're coming to church now, huh? Like, it's like... <laughs> Come and see the show. Yeah, really? <laughs> I got a show. Yeah. Uh, and she stands up, and it's fucking freaky as shit. It is. It's just it's straight up freaky as shit, her standing up. And War, I just love Warren's face. Like, oh, fuck, the girl I like can stand. Like, it's not It's not going to be weird anymore. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, his friends are egged him on. Like, hey, you like that cripple girl, don't you? Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck you, dude. <laughs> well, what I thought was cool is, there, and, and this is the nerd that I am, the music in this show is amazing. And it's it's that slightly eerie, classical, in the background type of music. Mm. And what I thought was so cool is the minute he says stand up, it cuts. Mm. There's no sound. And I thought, and I'm sitting there watching this at 1230 at night in my pajamas going, he better hope that she can. Because if she doesn't, they're going to get together and beat the breaks off of him and he would rightly deserve it and when she stands up she goes from a victim to a survivor Mm -hmm. and i felt so awful because i thought okay we've all seen her as a victim now we see her as a survivor but imagine what that would be like because i'm thinking this better be legit because if this is like a jim jones type of thing where it's fake that makes him even worse. Yeah. Because that was I was still on the fence of, yeah, there's something creepy going on around here, but that struck me more as, Father Paul struck me more as cultish than horror-esque. Mm-hmm. I was waiting on him to just be a cult leader and then there'd be something creepy in town. Yeah. Now, with this one, I, I felt really good about it because I was like, this is what an entertainer does. Mm-hmm. Let me show you the man eating chicken. Yeah. <laughs> pay, sh- pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Let me show you a real trick. Yeah. And it's just like, yep. Yep, this is how Mormonism was created. Yep. <laughs> this right here. Let me sh- let me show you a, a trick. Oh, no. And uh, that, that's another story I will talk about during the cryptic conspiracy cult. Mormonism was founded by a family of magicians. Are you going to talk about the white salamander later? Later. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a trick to turn a whole religion. Yeah. <laughs> With farce mm-hmm. and C4. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, going into the next uh, episode, book three, Proverbs. And mm-hmm. I do like how this, it's, it's, it's stories of the Bible. Yeah. That is paralleling because we do have Psalms. The Psalms, which is the story of miracles. They're songs, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first episode, Genesis, in the beginning, yeah, Riley how, came home. This is how it all starts. And they even, I like the subtle biblical stuff throughout this whole thing. I mean, even the very first thing you see when the, in the very first episode when Riley's sitting on the side of the road and the girl, they're doing CPR on the girl that he hit. The EMT comes over to work on him. And Riley's saying the Lord's Prayer. And uh, the EMT stops him at some point and says something along the lines of, while, you're, while you've got him on the phone, talking about God, while you've got him on the phone, why don't you ask him why he always takes the innocent people and leaves the drunks to survive? Yeah. And it's like, the arguments with religion occur all throughout this story. And it's amazing to see how they can weave it in mm-hmm. with such an obviously religion predominant town and a religiously predominant story well this story uh when i first watched it on the second playthrough was this is the story of the golden path mm-hmm. uh g- paved with good intention yeah the road to hell is always paved yeah. with good intentions and that's what this story is yeah um, and i kind of like that when you when i would do like a thesis of, a, of something i'm watching like, that's what this is about yeah it is um much like uh a new show coming out soon is The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. That is the story of loss. Mm-hmm. Last of Us 2 is the story of vengeance mm-hmm. and consequence of vengeance. Yeah. So, you know, when you get these kind of more compelling stories, and I will say, it's original as shit. That's what made it fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's original. Yes. There is no, oh, no, this is like a Dracula story retold, or this is, you know... Uh, you know, just like Pinhead, how the stuff retold. Like, this isn't a horror retold. This is a new story with elements taken from other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah, I do too. I saw this more as like a love letter to like Stephen King movies. Mm-hmm. And like Jerry Bruckheimer and all them when they make these fantastic stories of like Wes, uh, like, like Wes Craven mm-hmm. and John Carpenter and stuff. You know, they give a, a very small town feel. And it goes back to the way that your horror, tor- a horror story is supposed to be told. Mm-hmm. A close group of people around a fire. Mm-hmm. A story of consequence. A story of loss. The, of the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like, it, 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 it's, a, it's a story of happenstance. Mm-hmm. And that's what this whole thing is about. And you need that. Yeah. Um, and going into, like, like I said, episode three, uh, Proverbs. Which mm-hmm. Proverbs are just stories to live by mm-hmm. in the Bible. Um, interpretations of situations and, you know, cause and causality. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of avalanches very quickly. Oh, yes. It doesn't take long before everyone in the town hears about the girl who's walking. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things that are happening is, uh, which I thought was fascinating was the doctor comes back to the house and she can't find her mom. Mm-hmm. And she's upstairs in her own room. Because now she can walk up the stairs. Yes. When she couldn't before. And she looks a little different. Yeah. She's a little, 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 bit, little bit more light in the face. You know, you got the hair's down, you know. And she's looking around the room. And she's like, where's where's this? Where's that? Mm-hmm. And she is freaking the fuck out. Like yeah. the doctor is freaking the fuck out. She's like, yeah. "How? first of all, how did you get up the goddamn stairs? Because <laughs> she doesn't have a cane or a walker. She just went up the fucking stairs. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm just like, yep, this is, yep, this is how it happens. He's performing miracles on the sly. Mm -hmm. And that's what really brings in people. Oh, yeah. You can talk about the big one. Mm -hmm. But they're like, but it kind of gives that that rumor mill starting. He's like, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, I heard he helped the doctor's mom. I heard he did her a favor, too. Now she can walk and shit. I haven't seen her walk in three goddamn years. Mm-hmm. And now we got a story. Yeah. Um, and this one is uh, adds a lot of exposition that we're needing. Mm-hmm. Because Father Hill breaks down and tells him what happened to Monsignor. Yes. We see Monsignor in Israel at the uh, Western Wall mm-hmm. uh, giving his prayer. And somehow... He walks into the desert. Well, they, they talk about in the story prior to him going to Israel that he is showing signs of Alzheimer's or dementia mm-hmm. rather severely. That they catch him walking out in town without his clothes on and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that the Catholic Church decides to send him to Israel on a pilgrimage. And he agrees to go, but the argument is that he agrees to go and he's not of sound mind to go. Mm-hmm. So it would make perfect sense that he would accidentally walk into a sandstorm. Well, by the end of the episode, he finds his way to a kind of a lost cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and inside that cave is a, a temple of sorts that's been abandoned. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is something in the temple. Yes. Um, and some other stuff kind of happens. Uh, some other stuff kind of happens. Uh, we get a kind of a standoff between uh, Bev and Sharif when mm-hmm. it comes to the relocation of people for like a storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't feel that people should push their religion on the children. Um, and he kind of gives the great argument of, okay, what if, I gave, what if I gave all your fucking kids a Quran? And they shut the fuck up. Oh, in yeah. fact, they turn and say, I think the sheriff's right. Mm-hmm. I think Bev Keen should shut the fuck up. Yep. And I like that the father's uh, Father Hill's not there. Yes, because he would have swayed the whole group towards sheriff the sheriff's stance because it's an understanding. He's televangeling in a slower way. Mm-hmm. They'll eventually come around. Oh yeah, but right now I do not want to force people out of their lifestyle. He respects the sheriff to a to the umpteenth degree, mm-hmm. and I, and I think that's kind of important to have. Yes. Because it doesn't take a turn until the end. Yeah. He doesn't want to do any type of ill will to to the sheriff Mm -hmm. or his family. And that's kind of what I like about Paul. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for him to hate this man. Yeah. There's an understanding. Mm -hmm. They both believe in the same thing, albeit a different religion. Mm -hmm. But it's still principle-wise the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're playing with fucking miracles now. So, yeah. like, it's it's very... And if you know anything about the Quran, the miracle situation isn't quite real. Mm-hmm. They, they're not believers in the great miracles. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have the story of Jesus, but it's a prophet. You know, that, that's, that's how that whole situation goes. But uh, going into the next episode, uh, Lamentations. Uh, one of the things before we go into the next one, Aaron and the baby. Yes. So... Father Hill is miraculously healing everybody. Well, she shows up to church. Yeah. And she takes the sacrament and everything just like everybody else does. And she goes to uh, the doctor, Annabeth Gish, to get a checkup. And there's no heartbeat. 
and Annabeth Gish, I thought she did a really good job with this because it's one of those things where she she has that doctor look about her where she's trying to be clinical and correct, but she's also... Trying not to panic. Yeah, and this is a person that she knows. She's lived in this town for mm-hmm. a very long time, so she knows this person on a personal level. So she's also trying not to freak her out before she finds out what the problem is and come to find out the baby is not miscarried, but gone as if it never existed at all. Yes. Uh, and in a small town, a rumor mill could very run rapid. Yes. And that kind of carries over into the next episode, Lamentations, yeah. which is Lamentations is... I've always saw it, Lamentations is stories of loss mm-hmm. and remorse and guilt mm-hmm. when it comes to stories from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, what the core word of lament mm-hmm. means. It's always a sad song. Yeah. Um, and Aaron kind of turns to Riley for comfort on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Riley, <laughs> I will say, is driving a straight line as fucking po- as humanly possible with dealing with people's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like he's got he's he's has PTSD of killing someone. Yes. And granted it's his fault and you know, everything. On a character storytelling thing, leave him the fuck alone. Like just leave him the fuck alone. Yeah. Let him wallow in his guilt until he could figure it the fuck out. Yeah. All right. Let let him have his emotions and then let him be done. But he he does strike me as legitimately sorry. Yes. I mean, he's he's not one of those who, you know, it was an accident, it wasn't my fault. He's He is genuinely sorry, and he is genuinely guilty. He feels guilty, yeah. and he accepts that he deserves yeah. that. And he accepted, and we get this conversation. Yes. It's a great conversation mm-hmm. of what happens when it's all over. Yeah. And I love his idea, because mm-hmm. he was in a, in a situation, you know, in prison. Uh, religion is big in prison. Yes. All of them are big. Mm-hmm. And he tells how he, during his time in prison, he sat there and watched them all practice it. Mm-hmm. And they found, you know, forgiveness. They found, you know, solace and stuff like that. And he doesn't feel anything. Yeah. And I think that's not acknowledged a lot when mm-hmm. you're trying to tell a story about religion. The mm-hmm. people who don't feel anything at all. Mm-hmm. Not because they think they're better. Not because they just don't think it's real. But at some point, you know, you are going to get people that don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I used to feel that same way when I went to church. I don't feel a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Tell me another story. That's like I put another quarter in the box. Like, tell me another story. Like, yeah. But uh, it is a visceral moment mm-hmm. because he has a very steadfast thing about when you die mm-hmm. uh, where the brain releases chemicals and you relive your life mm-hmm. and then blackness. Mm-hmm. And you're back into the ether. Like, you just, you're just you gone, mm-hmm. you know. Uh there's a show called Reser- uh, Reservation Dogs. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, man, we're made of fucking... It's a Native American guy talking to a kid. Yeah, man, we're made of fucking stardust and shit. And, like, and then we're not... And I'm just like, holy shit, what a weird fucking thing to tell a kid. <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 it makes sense. And the way... I, I thought the way Riley did it, uh, Riley and Aaron, that whole conversation, I'm sorry, they should have won an Emmy yeah. for that right there. If, if for no other reason in the whole entire series, that right there. Yeah. Because it got to build... It got to flush them out as characters, and it also gave us a small glimpse into what they're dealing with on the inside, because, I mean, Aaron just technically lost a kid, and even though, and she's upset because not only did she lose a baby that she very much wanted, Mm -hmm. but it's also, everybody's saying that the baby never existed to begin with. 
So that's got to be like the ultimate mind f. And she's dealing with she's dealing not only with a physical issue mm-hmm. on an emotional level, but she's also dealing with a crisis of conscience. Mm-hmm. She's having an existential crisis. Absolutely. And her talking to Riley, who's experienced an existential yeah, crisis, been there, done that. <laughs> it's probably the best thing that's ever happened for yeah. her. Because uh, you know, her belief is when you die, is there's something afterward. Mm-hmm. And you could tell she struggled to maintain that belief yeah. after this happened. Because someone just did a Houdini with her fucking baby. You know? Yeah. Uh, but later on, uh, Riley takes a walk. Mm-hmm. And goes see Father Hill. Now, during this time, during what's going on, Father Hill is struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something wrong with Father Hill. He's sick. Yes. Uh, not only is he sick, he's 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 really fucking sick. Yeah. And Bev Keen's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, sick? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see him. He's perfectly fine. We actually see him outside the community center, seeing Riley walk by. At night. Yeah. And he's like, come on in, friend. Have a seat. And I'm like, okay. We're good. Uh, some stuff that happened before this is uh, Lisa visits Joe. Hmm. And it is, she's letting it out. Yeah. She's letting all the anger out of being paralyzed for the time she was. And she kind of sees him for what he is. A man who feels remorse. Yes. And, I, and it, it paints a great picture in the horror genre when you do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Because it makes it from a horror to a drama. Yeah. Um, and it shows that, hey, Riley and Joe who've done heinous things, mm-hmm. not by, you know, not with uh, malice and forethought, mm-hmm. do feel remorseful. Yes. And do you have the strength to forgive that person? Mm-hmm. And she does. Yes. And But she does it in a, in a kind of a detrimental way to herself because that hurts her to forgive somebody that did that to her. Mm-hmm. But you needed that story because you think, for all intents and purposes, you think she's going there to shoot him in the back. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I thought she was going to pull that gun off the wall and put one in him. Yeah, because that's the first thing she says to him. She doesn't say, hello, so this is where you live. And like Joe. I hate you. I hope you die. And Joe was accepted. He's like, do it. Yeah. Fucking shoot me. He would have. I I think if she would have said, because the first thing she says, is that the gun? And I think if he, because he says yes. No, he says no. Because he said that's his grandfather's gun. If she would have said, give it to me, he would have handed it to her. Yeah. And he would have let her do whatever it was. Um, But yeah, we're in the community center. (laughs) <laughs> Riley and Paul are just sitting there. <sighs> and Riley sees what's wrong with Paul. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Like, yeah. you've been drinking that sacramental wine a little too much? Actually, he wasn't drinking it enough. <laughs> that, that was his problem. He wasn't drinking that shit yep. enough. He was sharing too much. And he kind of tells Riley the story of Monsignor. Mm-hmm. What he found in the desert. Mm-hmm. An angel. Yeah. And then you look over, and it is so subtle mm-hmm. that you see this motherfucker. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is that? But before you have time to even say that, whoosh, and he's got Riley. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, that was a good story. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that again <laughs> on I, another story. I started yelling. I was sitting on the couch, and I, I scared the Daylight's out of my dog. I jumped up and I'm like, no, don't kill Riley. He's just now starting to come to terms with everything. Don't kill him. No. Uh, yeah, it was 
it was fucked up to watch because he is slaughtering Riley. Yes, like, he is. He is tearing a shit. There's a puddle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Father Paul is doing what any lunatic religious leader in a horror movie does. Talking about, just let it happen. It's okay. This is what's meant to be. This is the angel helping you. And Bev, get him up. <laughs> or two. Or two. And he wakes up. Yeah. And he's fine. Ish. Fine-ish. Uh, and then he misses his, basically, date with Aaron. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to meet with her again. Um, and he's kind of, like, trying to figure what the fuck just happened to him. Mm-hmm. But he knows. Yeah. But Father Paul kind of relays everything to him. He's like, look, let me tell you what's going what's to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually so-and-so. But we don't hear that from him. We hear we get the whispers of it. Mm-hmm. We don't find that out till the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Bev sees this, mm-hmm. and I just love her reaction. Like it's okay, <laughs> we're cool. Um, and this kind of tears into book five, mm-hmm. uh, chapter five of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, Gather around, friends. Let me tell you the story kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this one, the sheriff, this is a very sheriff-centric mm-hmm. episode. He's trying to look for all the missing people that have, you know, just been taken by something in the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're getting into the Salem's Lot type situation. Yes. Now, oh, we're bringing the man to the box kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and good friday is approaching Mm -hmm. because ash wednesday wasn't far off Mm -hmm. so we're coming up on easter um and a lot more people have been showing up to the church (laughs) yeah standing room only standing room only and it's it's a good like it's a good thing in the sense that it's bringing the community together because all people from the community Mm -hmm. um but we need more for the sacrament Mm -hmm. sacrament needs to be filled and we find out the sacrament is actually from this angel Mm-hmm. But the angel needs blood to fuel more blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're getting all of this, and this is more of an exposition episode. A lot of uh, backfill, yeah, was on this one. Uh, we see what I love. What I loved to see though was Riley's parents. Yes, looking younger mm-hmm. and younger and fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's lightened up. He's feeling better. His back doesn't hurt. She can see better. You know, everyone's looking a little more youthful. Mm-hmm. The doctor's mom is looking especially youthful. In fact, yeah. in fact, she came to church mm-hmm. with her daughter, who hadn't yep. stepped in the church. And in fact, says in one episode, I don't think I'll ever step in that motherfucker again. Yeah. Um, and that kind of like, this kind of brings me back to uh, Father Hill is, oh, hey, I'm proud of you. You know, you're doing a really good job here. And he's giving, like, this really good dad vibe. Yeah. And it's just like, you're the same age. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, like, she's she really likes it. Mm-hmm. Even though he's a Catholic priest. And he's just like, I'm proud of all the decisions you've made, even though you're a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? And uh, he kind of makes a passing questions. What do you know about your dad? And I'm just like, don't do, don't, don't do that. God damn it. <laughs> but with the, the, the this this episode had the roughest ending to watch. Oh god, yes. Uh all the other endings combined could not match up to this one. Uh Aaron and Riley decide to have another heart to heart. 
Well, Riley's been missing for two days. She's reported him missing to the sheriff. Yeah, he's been missing because he's been a blood bag. <laughs> uh, well, he finally shows up and he's like, hey, uh, I want to do the thing we used to do. And when they were kids, they would sneak out, get in a little boat, and go out to the water. Mm-hmm. In the North in the North, area, uh, North, North, North Shoals. Mm-hmm. And I was watching this. I'm like, what is he? Is he going to kill this woman? Like, I think I thought uh, for all intents and purposes, I thought he was going to murder her. I uh, didn't think he was going to murder her. I thought he was going to turn her. Yeah. But uh, he's telling his story mm-hmm. of that. He's actually telling for somebody for the first time that every night I see this dead woman mm-hmm. that I killed. And then recently I have stopped seeing her. Because of what happened in the community center. Mm-hmm. He can't see her anymore, and it's bothering the shit out of him. Because it's a pillar of guilt. He mm-hmm. needs it. And he's talking about all the people in prison, you know, who remorse in this. And then he tells her the story of Monsignor. Mm-hmm. And I love her look like, you're insane. <laughs> I think we need to get back on land and get you to, like, a doctor. Mm-hmm. But before that could happen, the sun rises. And the fear in her eyes could not be redone. No. That is like Kirsty Cotton seeing Pinhead for the first time. That is Heather Langenkamp fighting Freddy off and almost losing. That is that fucking look. I would even go as far as to it is Sally Hardesty seeing uh, Thomas Hewitt for the first time. <laughs> like, dear God. What up, bitch? <laughs> I could run a 440. Can you? <laughs> with a chain, With a lit chainsaw. Yep. That's that's who needed to be here, Thomas Hewitt. Oh God, you come at me, you winged fuck. (laughs) Just rips his wings off and just fucking beats the shit out of him. Oh my God. Oh God, just a six foot eight motherfucker. Every time I talk about Leatherface, he just gets one inch taller. (laughs) Last night he was six foot five. (laughs) But uh, nah, so he emulates like he fucking just just burns and turns turns to ashes. And you left this woman by herself on a boat. And now she has to paddle back by herself. <laughs> it took two you, of you fuckers to get here. <laughs> after you did committed vampire suicide. Yeah. Um, and this is around the time they start doing the midnight. Um, midnight mass. The midnight masses. So they start having services at night. Because Father Paul, for some strange reason, can't come out in the daylight because it burns his skin. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I'm trying to bring the Lord to y'all. On a 24-7 basis, okay? I mean... <laughs> Bev's during the day. All right? Come at night. It's a good time. Have a drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a drink. Oh. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> now now we get to book, uh, or chapter six, Acts of the Apostles. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know much about Acts uh, of the Apostles. Um, it's a lot of martyrdom. <laughs> Makes sense for this. A lot of confusing things going on about mm-hmm. Romans and Christians. Uh, more of a communication breakdown that Romans believe Christians are cannibals. Mm-hmm. Because they're eating their Lord, they literally think they're eating people. Yeah. So that, that that's why they were being persecuted, because no one decided to break it down, and some people didn't decide to listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, a fervent Bev calls for the faith of the night, uh, on the night of Easter. Vigil, Sarah reveals the results of her troubling experiment, along with a sober, sobering hypothesis. So she's been taking blood from these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And it exploded <laughs> yeah. when it hit the light. Mm-hmm. 
and she suddenly realizes, oh shit, my mom's been drinking this shit too. Yeah. And she hasn't been. And the mom is, in all intents and purposes, probably looks like she's in her 40s. Uh, yeah. She looks good. Mm-hmm. And like, we kind of get this breakdown between the mom and where she says, I'm sorry for not telling you mm-hmm. certain thing, which comes up in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this one, it is the preamble to a massacre. Yes. Uh, all these people are in the church, and ju- we see Judge again. Mm-hmm. Judge is looking good. Yeah. He Strong as lo- fuck. He looks a lot better than he did when he walked into that abandoned house and all we yeah. heard was screaming. But also, Judge has been sabotaging the island. Yes. And this is where I think there was a disconnect between Bev and Father Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were to... His idea was to turn the congregation, not the island. Yes. Uh, Bev saw it as, we're going to make the island as cattle. Mm-hmm. And spread the gospel. Yep. And those who don't bend the knee kind of situation get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to go to the mainland. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this... This is Typhoon Mary. Okay. And <laughs> uh, this one, we see the sheriff's son has decided to go to the church. And as kind of like a protection type thing, he decides to go with him. Mm-hmm. Totally understandable. He has no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. But he did bring a gun. So, <laughs> uh, Father Hill begins to change when it comes to his sermon. Mm-hmm. His sermon is closer to a Seventh Day Adventist than it is a Catholic, mm-hmm. and he proceeds to tell the story of the Army of God. And this is where we get to kind of give an interpretation of the Bible mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, so the whole the whole sermon of the Army of God is to speak the Word of God, mm-hmm. and evangelize for God. Yeah. For Jesus. He sees it more as a violence act, mm-hmm. which is a precursor to a crusade, which we know how that worked out. Yeah. It's the land that God forgot. <laughs> uh, and I love the mom, the doctor's mom. Mm-hmm. She stops it. She's like, this is not right. Yeah. This is not my church. This is not what you're about and she uh, she she words it as if she's known him for a long time mm-hmm. because now she is sound of mind to know that monsignor is father hill father hill is monsignor yep fully resurrected in the full form this is what gets joe killed actually yeah <laughs> he's like huh well, you, well, fuck me look at that you look just like him what pal <laughs> yeah because he sees a picture on the wall of yeah. Uh, Monsignor when he was a young man in his 20s to 30s yeah and we find out that Monsignor is the doctor's dad mm-hmm and this big secret goes along and it's just like god damn if you didn't lose your shit at the end of this I, would, <laughs> I still would have been down for the story <laughs> yes because you basically said I'm sorry I kind of abandoned you and made your mom a single mom because I like to fuck. <laughs> and your mom's a temptress from hell. <laughs> she, 
She tempted a priest. You know what happened? We'd burn her alive anywhere else. Oh my god. Uh, but like, it's a family structure now. Yeah. Uh, and then it's cranked to eleven. One thing leads to another. <laughs> the angel shows up dressed in robes in the church, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Or Bev's like, "Be cool, everyone." Uh, and the sheriff. God damn it. This what got me. Everyone had drank the sacrament up to this point. Mm-hmm. But the sheriff. And he pulls a gun. Yeah. And is murdered in front of his son. Mm-hmm. And I like Bev. Hey, hey, it's not what you think. No, no, you don't understand. And they kill another person. Yeah. And they're revived. Mm-hmm. Because they and, drank the sacrament. Well, here's the thing. Here's the trick. You get bit by him, mm-hmm. you die, and then come back, and now you're full, mm-hmm. okay? Which is the old school vampire, like, you know, uh, interview with a vampire type situation. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, you got to die first before you can become a, a, a good old boy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sharif rises up, mm-hmm. and he realizes what's going on. And yeah. then you start seeing these wild-eyed motherfuckers. They, begin, they have a shine to their eyes because mm-hmm. now they're hungry. And I like how Riley was able to dispose of that mm-hmm. very quickly when he realized what happened mm-hmm. and was able to kill himself before he was able to attack someone like Aaron mm-hmm. because that would made the story a little bit rougher to watch, oh, him yeah. just killing Aaron. Yeah. Um, and going into the last book, book seven, Revelations. <laughs> Everyone loves Revelations. It has horses. Uh. It has guys, has uh, this is a cool bitch coming out of the water with a dragon. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of cool, like, metal art-inspired <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's a town under siege. Mm-hmm. These people are running amok. There are families trying to fight these things off, and they're losing. And they're being killed. They're not mm-hmm. being turned. They're being killed. They're being brutally killed. Yes. Children. Mm-hmm. Women and children. Yep. And families who aren't part of the Catholics are being slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And it's a great allegory of what religion does on the extreme. It kills mm-hmm. everything that's not part of it. Yes. Um, and this scene is just the parents, like Warren has drank the sacrament, but he hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. And they're not cool with any of this shit. Yeah. But if they die, they do come back because they drank the sacrament. Mm-hmm. I love the mom. Going toe to toe with Bev, mm-hmm. and she just slits her fucking throat, and Bev just turns into that thing. She mm-hmm. turns into that glowing eyed monster and just starts feeding on on an old girl. And I just like the Bob's idea is like, I'll be right back, you dumb bitch. Like I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> but it gives them time enough, uh, and they shoot Bev in the fucking head. <laughs> I love that. Aaron scene. does. Yeah, Aaron shoots that motherfucker in the head, and she just gets back up. Yeah. And, oh my God, it's just a... The way they did that was amazing, too, because I was... I rewound it. I can't tell you how many times. Because it's it's the old standby of you're trying to get out of the church, and it's Aaron and a handful of other people. They're trying to get out of the church. Aaron's in the front, and she's got the sheriff's gun. And they're trying to get out, and then Bev appears between them and the only door. And Aaron points the gun at her, and Bev's basically like, well, what are you going to do with that? You know I'm not going to die. And still shoots you in the fucking head. And she says something along the lines of, even if you do it, you've only got like five minutes or 20 minutes or five minutes or something like that. And as soon as she gets that out, 
Aaron pops her right in the forehead. We and she turns minutes. around and she goes, we got five minutes, let's go. And I'm like, yes, queen, I like how yes. like, no one thought to stake this bitch in the heart at, when she fell down. <laughs> yeah, this is a new age vampire story. You don't know what works and what doesn't. True. Uh, you could have put a sickle around her neck. There. I mean, <laughs> like they did with that. You heard, you heard about what they found in Poland, didn't you? Mm-mm. They found a grave of a woman, a young woman, and uh, the way she was buried, uh, the townspeople apparently put a sickle around uh, uh, a hand scythe mm-hmm. uh, over her neck, so in case she got out of the grave, just in case, <laughs> just in case. Jesus, Europeans, wow. I tell you what. <laughs> Some some stories never die. Yeah. Some people don't. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> but, uh, and this is just anarchy, like, yeah. throughout the whole fucking island. Uh, they're all banding together, and I like that Warren and Lisa, mm-hmm. let's just get on a boat. Just get on a little boat and just dip out. Mm-hmm. Because they haven't been infected. Yeah. Permanently. They've done the sacrament, and no one's killed them yet, so that's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... This is basically just a fallout type situation, like, you know, the fallout of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a, there's two scenes that kind of, you know, stay in my mind when the show was uh, Father Hill, the doctor, and her mom. Yeah, Father Hill's like, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I told and you all to do. And he's apologizing. And he's basically, you know, reclamating all the bad things he's done. Mm-hmm. And reconnects with his family like basically yeah. like you feel for the guy it's just like fuck this place is going to burn to the ground mm-hmm. um and aaron gets attacked yes by the angel mm-hmm. and the whole time she is being killed mm-hmm. slowly but she's remembering what riley had said mm-hmm. and while this is going on she is ripping this fucking thing's wings yeah she's Cutting slits in it with a knife. And she's doing it enough to keep it distracted while it's female. And it's one of the more visceral scenes mm-hmm. of watching some, like a like a vampire movie mm-hmm. of someone being killed by a vampire. And you're like, God, dude, that's, that's fucking rough. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was enough. <laughs> and then it's like, it's, it, it realizes its wings are fucked, but it's too late. Aaron's, Aaron's in the grave, basically. She's got to yeah. sit in the grave. She don't, she'll be dead in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start seeing everyone kind of realizing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's remorse. Yeah. It's It, it all comes back to the circle again mm-hmm. of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see that the congregation is gathered outside the church. And Riley's parents gather everyone, kind of. Mm-hmm. And they start singing because they know the sun's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do love the sheriff is praying with his son mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah, Islamic prayer. Yeah, they're doing the Eastern prayer, mm-hmm. and it's coming to a head. Mm-hmm. But Bev, this bitch is panicking like a motherfucker. Well, and she's got every right to because when they killed Riley's mom, the house they were in. They threw Molotov cocktails in there to get them to come out. And Judge asks her, do you want to put the fire out? And she says, no, let, let it burn. And he goes, well, the way the wind is, and as close as these houses are to each other, the whole town's going to burn down. And then because she is a 
monster and she's all about the past and not about the present. She says, well, when we had that big fire in 80, what, 82 or 84 or whatever, the church didn't burn. But the church is burning. So she lets the entire, every building on the island burn and she's convinced that the church isn't going to burn and the rec center won't burn. So as a group of vampires, they're all going to go hide in the rec center when the sun comes up and wait it out. And then when the sun goes down, they'll put the parts back in the boats and go to the mainland and do this in the mainland. But Father Paul decides that this is not his town. This is not what he signed up for. And he lights the church on fire. So he says, if you're going to hide, you're not going to hide in here. And Aaron and the sheriff, the sheriff's son and uh, Warren burn the rec center down. Yeah. So now there are no buildings for them to hide in when the sun comes up. Yeah. And I like uh, the, the her just burying herself in the sand. Yeah, she's going to try to dig herself in the sand like the monster that she is. Yeah, and the last thing we see <laughs> as everyone uh, burns up mm-hmm. um, is Warren and Lisa, mm-hmm. the, the real innocent characters of the show. Yeah. Uh, see the angel trying to fall away mm-hmm. or fly away, and it's struggling. Yeah, because its wings are shredded. And Lisa makes a good point. You think it'll make it to the mainland? And Warren's like, I don't know. And the last line of the show is, I can't feel my legs, knowing that that that's it. It died. Yep. And I thought that was a great way of showing that it died. Mm-hmm. It was sad, yeah, because now they're stuck offshore on an island with no boats, and now you're with a cripple girl that you're going to have to take care of for a little while before everyone realizes, hey, what's that fire out there on the horizon? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. FEMA's going to show up and it's like, why is everyone cremated? I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, you're just a freak accident, mass hallucinations. You don't understand. Yeah, um, and it kind of gives me that vibe of like Storm of the Century, mm-hmm. where old boy just gives himself up, mm-hmm. so everyone else can go. Yeah, and I'm just like that. It hits it differently that way, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, this is why we don't live on islands, people. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is why we live on lands with different terrain to fight these kind of things. Well, one of the things that I always thought about with this because I didn't know it was a vampire story, and they did very well of not selling it as a vampire story. Yeah, like even even the even the cover art, yeah, is is a church. Yeah. And it's a priest, and you're thinking, oh, this is a slaughter, or maybe this is like a, a priest murdering people. A cult thing. Yeah, that's what the that's what the trailer gave me was a midnight cult. mass. Like it's yeah. like you don't you don't see this as a vampire story, and I think that's what made it a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, this came out a year ago. Yeah, and it's still like I think it's going to hold up for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard stories of them redoing Salem's Lot again. <laughs> Which I would be excited for because oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's the best bucket story. One of them, yeah. <laughs> Yo, bro. It's your boy. Let me in, motherfucker. <laughs> just for a minute. Just for just for a minute, man. I just need a drink. <laughs> I just need a sip. I'll be all right. I, mean, I won't murder you. I swear to God, I won't murder yeah. you. Yeah. But the, one of the things I equated this to was the howling. Because when the howling came out, they didn't market it as a werewolf movie. Because mm-hmm. for the love of God, there have been enough werewolf movies. No, there hasn't. Well, at that time, they said there was. And Silver I, bullet. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Gary Busey. But they 
they didn't market this as a vampire story. They didn't push it as a vampire story because I think if they would have pushed it as a vampire story, they wouldn't have got anywhere near the recognition or anywhere near yeah. the fan base to watch it. Yeah, because like it, when you watch it, it it's a little bit more visceral in the very end mm-hmm. when you see everything play out. Yeah, everything else up until that point is still a solid story. Mm-hmm. It could have been anything. Yeah, it could like before uh, Riley gets attacked. It could it, they could have done Father Hill attacks him for no reason. Yeah, and it's like, oh no, I've been cursed with life, so now you are too. And mm-hmm. it's like I'm not a vampire; I'm just cursed with life, and I'm bringing everybody back. Like yeah. it's like, oh shit. Yeah, but I mean, they haven't done. I have not seen a really good vampire story in a long time. Yeah, I have, I have not seen them do a vampire story. In a long time. Now, granted, at this moment, I have not watched the Hulu interview with the Vampire series is out, mm-hmm. but I fully intend to do so. But like a Vampire story is kind of, it's always the same. Mm-hmm. They always do it the same. It's always these rich, bougie looking motherfuckers who are vampires killing peasants and shit like that. I'm just yeah. like, ugh. And they make werewolf people look like homeless people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, nah. Nah, give me give me the, uh, the Christina Ricci story of just like mm-hmm. ah fuck i hate this like but i'm trying to keep a job <laughs> yeah without eating my boss <laughs> well i mean it it gives me the whole what kind of vampire because when i as soon as i saw the angel quote quote i'm like that ladies and gentlemen is a vampire and i'm like what kind of vampire do we have here do we have the vlad the impaler dracula vampire do we for the love of god have the edward cullen twilight vampire do we have the vampires from Underworld? Mm. Do we have the Fright Night kind of vampire? What are we dealing with here? I love the Fright Night one. <laughs> Fucking brutal. I love the oh, remake. Yeah. The re- one of the best remakes in horror history was the remake of Fright Night. I because Colin Farrell is so like, is he the good guy in this? Like, he's not supposed to be. He's just like, he's really like broing up with this guy, his yeah. neighbor. He's like, man, fucking badass shoes, bro. How's your mom doing? Like, he's just being this cool guy. And it's yeah. just like, Dude, you're killing it, man. Look at your hot-ass girlfriend. You're the shit, dude. And it's just like, don't, don't. Don't buy into that. Don't talk him the fuck up and then try to murder him. <laughs> God damn it. You're not a bro. <laughs> well, you, you know the old saying, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Yeah, but when Imogen Potts turns up with like 40,000 teeth in her mouth, I'm just like, that's not a girlfriend no more. <laughs> kill her, kill her quick. <laughs> kill her, kill her fast. But Get David Tennant, the magician. Yes. But I really liked the... The subtlety of this work, because I'm like, as I I was messing with it, and then when I saw he could come out at night, I'm like, okay, this is a vampire story. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Is this the anti-garlic crucifix vampire, or is this the blade vampire? I mean, what are we dealing with here? The blade vampires are rough. <laughs> yes, but I like. They this. all like to rave and do DMT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this was uh, this was a different a twist on it and I always love when they do that when they take an original thing and totally turn it on its head and make it cool and you don't see a lot of the way they told the story of especially of a character like Riley mm-hmm. who gets turned and is not freaking out is actually very calm yeah and decides retroactively to kill himself mm-hmm. because he doesn't want this happening to anybody else he granted he hasn't seen the side effects of this mm-hmm he has, you don't see him looking at people like he wants to murder them. He doesn't look like, you know, he hasn't gone to that point, mm-hmm. but he knows what's coming. Yeah. And he's accepting of the fact that 
on one end, he could stop it. Mm-hmm. Which I think kind of brings Father Hill down a peg mm-hmm. because Father Hill, Julian liked Riley. Mm-hmm. He wanted to help the man. Yeah. And that's the whole story of Father Hill is I get a second chance at life. Mm-hmm. I can help people. In fact, let me help the ones I know and love first. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes off the rails. Yeah. Because the road of good intent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always. But uh, no, it's a fantastic series. One of the best thing Netflix has produced in a very long time. Yeah. I um, love that. I think I'm going to watch it like at least one more time f- straight through again. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's got a great rewatch value. Oh, yeah. Because you just leave it off in the background and just stop what you're doing and be like, oh, shit. There he goes. <laughs> but you also like you also go back and watch it and like, oh, fuck, I missed this part. Or mm-hmm. like you see this again. It's like, oh, there's the foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. We got off the boat and everybody's cool with a lot of shit. And then they're not. <laughs> I just love the uh, the opening scene with Father Hill, and there's a trunk. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what's in that trunk? Maybe shut the fuck up. Just maybe. Just, just maybe. Maybe you just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Bev has to carry it in. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, she's the harbinger of her own death. <laughs> yes, she is, and she deserved every single solitary second of yep. it. Well, what would you rate that out of 10, the show? Ooh, 10. I would rate it... Uh, hell, at least a nine. Oh yeah, High, nine and a half for me. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a nine. No complaints really on mm-hmm. the back end of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast is fantastic. It's a great show. If you guys watch, get a chance watch this series. Absolutely. Uh, it is fantastic. It has a great rewatch value. Well, folks, this is Chris with the Couch Potatoes with my special guest, Christy Phillips. Uh, tune in on our history podcast when it gets released. Uh, it will not be conspiracy driven. <laughs> That is savored for Triple C. Uh, but we'll be back again with some other reviews. Uh, I would love to do a review on The Path. Ooh. Great, you on for the cult one on that one. Oh, I'll have to rewatch that. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.